listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Happy Halloween, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we finally made it. It's finally Halloween. Well, it's almost Halloween. This is the last episode of the podcast before Halloween. It's Halloween. Halloween. I love it. And we are here today to talk about celebrated Halloween classics. Celebrated? Every, I'd say half the people listening to this podcast have watched this movie this week at some point, probably with 100 commercial breaks on, on AMC, AMC. At 5 p.m., <laughs> 9 p.m., and again at midnight. We're talking about Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, from 1995, directed by Joe Chappelle, who, you know, who also directed recent Nightmare on Film Street favorite, Phantoms. Yeah, we could listen to that episode from a few months back. Did not realize we would be doing such a double feature of this director's work in 2022, but we are here right now, and I am so happy we talked about this movie. <laughs> this was a real choice. I have to say, after this year, I need to take a break from Halloween movies, um, because this Rotten Pumpkin series, we've done the doozies, we caught up on the, the new Halloween trilogy in time for Halloween. Also and, a doozy. Also a doozy, also a, a choice. And I think I just need a little break from Michael Myers, apart from H2O and Resurrection, because I will never be sick of watching those. But for anybody who is not hip to the jive of The Curse of Michael Myers, either they haven't seen it or they haven't revisited it in a while, John, we need to we need to give them three good things about Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, this is real simple. I, you know, if it's been a minute since you've watched The Curse of Michael Myers... Number- All right, part one. Or number one, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Sure, let's go with Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd finds a baby and is like, cool, 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 baby mine now. Uh, <laughs> finds a baby in a bus station covered in blood. Like, yep, okay, cool. Hunts for a baby in a bus station. <laughs> uh, number two, which should have been number one, there's a motherfucking exploding head in this movie. Michael Myers electrocutes a guy until his goddamn head blows up. That's only a three-second moment of cinema for a whole point. Yo, a single exploding head will do me over for a whole year. It's fine. <laughs> I just, I need more exploding heads in my life, in my movie diet. And, you know, if you're like, oh man, Halloween 6, oh, am I really about to watch this one again? It's got an exploding head, guys. You don't want to miss it. Exploding heads are like the nuts and seeds of the food pyramid. Like, they're super essential, but you cannot have too much of them. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, I could eat a whole bag of exploding heads. Yeah, but you're not you're not supposed to. I mean, those are good fats, but they're also fats. Number three has got to be uh, Doctor Loomis in his cozy sweater in a in a log cabin. Like he's just he's he's put Michael Myers behind him, just living the rural life. Yeah, he, it seems like Doctor Loomis, even though Michael Myers is on the run, you know, loosey goosey, kind of like in Halloween Ends with Laurie, is just like. Eh, I'm just done. I'm just done looking for him. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm going to retire. 
we're going to get into it in way more detail. But before we get started, Kim, you know, other than the fact that Halloween is literally right around the corner, like if we are Laurie Strode standing on the fucking sidewalk, Halloween is peering out from behind the hedge right now. Uh, what is <laughs> He's keeping... doing the laundry on the line. <laughs> what is keeping you creepy this week? We just got back from our little mini tour of film festivals. We've talked about it before, uh, a movie that I I took part in. Symphony, a clubhouse horror anthology, was at Brooklyn Horror Film Festival in Brooklyn, New York. And Nightmares in Columbus, Ohio. We had a really fun time screening the movie there. It is now available on VOD. Please go rent it. Uh, It's on iTunes or Amazon Prime or Google Play or wherever you legally rent your movies. (laughs) And Shad. Shout out to the feeds that came up to us after each of the screenings in Ohio and Brooklyn uh, to know to just to introduce themselves. You know, like, hey, we've been chatting in the Discord for a long time. Hey, I've been listening to the podcast for years. It was so nice to actually meet some of you uh, and, you know, to, to, to have you politely tell us that you enjoyed the movie. <laughs> yeah. And if you have checked out Symphony already, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, it's my first directing project. So um, it was really cool to do. And it's it's really surreal to one, be at film festivals again, but to be at film festivals with something yeah with a movie you made yeah normally i'm like just interviewing people about their movies so that was like a really new experience for me and also now i'm socially awkward because i've been in the house for two years straight so that was a fun addition that's okay kim winter's coming it'll be nice and comfortable again <laughs> we'll barricade the doors and not leave um but we also got to catch a few really great movies while we were at those festivals yeah saw some new favorites at both of these festivals uh, at brooklyn horror i think the best movie i saw that was Symphony was uh, Satan Slaves 2 Communion from Joko Anwar uh, kind of doing the the Poltergeist 3 move taking the horror from like the little suburban house from the little family home out to the high rise it's hitting shutter uh, next week I think November 3rd and Joko Anwar is so good at scares oh, like fuck, just right. fucking sink pit of your stomach scares yeah just like Indonesia's uh, James Wan but also Indonesia's Sam Raimi he's so fucking great uh, so definitely check out that one we also got to see uh, VHS 99 which I'm oh, sure yeah. you've seen in the previous VHS films it's an anthology of the grainy film variety uh, that one's available now it's already on Shutter, so you can check that one out there's a bunch of really good segments this one's a little bit sillier than the previous installments and I love it for that so much fun it's a fun filled watch and perfect for Halloween season so I would check it out this weekend if you can yeah got a segment from Joseph and Vanessa Winter directors of Deadstream who we had on the podcast which is recently. also on Shutter and so good yeah incredible uh, we really got spoiled this Halloween season but I think uh, one of my favorites from that movie was definitely the uh, sorority segment. Yes. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. I think it's directed by Johannes Roberts, who who did The Stranger's Prey at Night. Um, but yeah, if you like sorority horror and hazing gone wrong, you're going to love that fucking segment. At Nightmares, we had the opportunity to see Scare Package 2, which is just the goofiest goddamn movie you've ever seen like and it's like purely made for horror fans like if you loved scare package one uh you are absolutely going to love the insanity of scare package two especially if you are a big fan of the saw franchise these movies have been tailor-made for horror fans just like a hundred thousand jokes that only horror nerds are gonna get uh, but th- this one's got a lot of references to the Saw franchise, and if you've ever rolled your eyes at some of the bizarre choices those movies have made, you are going to go crazy for this one. 
We also got to check out the sequel to WNUF. If you're a huge found footage fan, you've definitely checked this out before. It's very in the line of Ghost Watch or some of your other like multimedia horror favorites. It's called Out There Halloween Megatape. It's similar to WNUF. Instead of a live seance, though, we're at a uh ufo watch yeah so like (laughs) it's this this is fucking genius and i can't wait to talk about it one day on the podcast we're absolutely going to cover this movie uh out there is sort of like a spoof of unsolved mysteries and they're they're doing a a halloween special following a alien cult that thinks the aliens are coming back to abduct them on halloween night and that is just kind of the tip of the iceberg in, in terms of like the weirdness of this movie. Like you also get a '90s talk show. Like you also every single commercial break in the two-hour runtime. Yeah, a hundred thousand fake commercials that are almost real. Like they're so fucking absurd and funny. Uh, and if you if you showed this to the right person, they would totally believe that this was a real vid- videotape from a local TV station. So, so much fun. Uh, and that you can get that right now. They, they distribute this movie themselves. You can find it at, uh, at wnuf.bigcartel.com. And I highly encourage you to pick up a copy. You can also get it on VHS if you want. Like, that's an option. You can buy it on VHS right now. That's so cool. Also, with Halloween coming, we are nearing the end of the hashtag 31 Day Horror Challenge. If you have not yet entered the giveaway for the ultimate horror book nook, please head to nofspodcast.com slash horror challenge. You can enter like a thousand different ways. We're going to do the big draw just just a couple days after Halloween, and somebody is going to win a bunch of horror bestsellers, a really cool fuzzy blanket from Spirit Halloween, and some spooky Halloween lights to keep Halloween going 365. That is at nofspodcast.com slash horror challenge and scroll to the bottom of the page to enter the giveaway. Halloween ends obviously just hit the movie theaters. Uh, if you ju- if you want to hear our thoughts on that movie, last week's episode is a spoiler-free review. If you want our full spoiler th- filled thoughts you can hear them at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club but right now we're gonna throw you over to the trailer for halloween six the curse of michael myers and when we get back we're gonna talk about all the weird fucking choices in this movie it's the first halloween movie with a dial-up connection and they really use it um, we're we're finally getting to the root of the druid evil nature of this fucking masked murderer and that guy that appeared in the last movie who was only like shoes and a trench coat oh baby he's back <laughs> every legend is based on fact Every myth is grounded in truth. For 17 years, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, has been haunted by a night when evil roamed the streets and a madman ruled the night. Everyone knows his name. Now, Everyone will know the truth. I knew what he was, but I never knew why. Halloween since the origin of Michael Myers. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, is currently sitting at a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 
9% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Wow. Which, I have to remind you, means that it is not as good of a movie as Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> so this one is rated lower than Part 5, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Especially according to, to Rotten Tomatoes, which has been the barometer for these movies. Okay, so according to The Powers That Be, The Curse of Michael Myers is the worst Halloween movie. Yeah. All right. I think generally also considered by fans to be the worst. If not this one, then probably part five. What are you getting at? What's up? I'm just You love this one? I'm calibrating. <laughs> I'm I'm calibrating my you know, I'm coming here as a blank slate. I felt like you and I could maybe just process what we watched today. Just, okay. Just so figure what, out What you're suggesting <laughs> is that this is therapy. Let's that just, we didn't need to work through the movie we just watched. Let's, let's just figure out what the curse of Michael Myers is okay. and then we can get to the nitty-gritty of deciding whether we liked it or not. You know, it's funny that you say this because there were so many times while we watched it that I laughed or had a quip about something, which I try to avoid. I try to save it for the podcast, but I just couldn't contain myself for parts of this movie. And you were like, oh, wait, what? I need you to rewind it because your brain just kept fogging over. Like you're trying to take the movie in, but your your eyeballs set up a barricade. You're like, no, we're not letting this through. (laughs) At one point, I like my body just reactionary picked up my phone and I was like, no, Kim, you're watching a movie for the podcast put it down i it was hard and there were there were points where a character would just offhand say something that turned out to be a very important fact so many just one-off bits of dialogue i felt like i was 20 minutes behind because they're like oh jamie lloyd died and i was like that was jamie lloyd (laughs) i at halfway through the movie also had to pull up Wikipedia and read the plot of the movie I was currently watching. Not a great sign for your movie if if people can't retain it while they're watching it. <laughs> Especially if they've seen it before. That's the other fucking wild thing. I, in my brain, just remember Paul Rudd p- taking a baby out of a cupboard and going, yes. <laughs> and then that was it. That's all my brain remembered of this movie. I've seen it a, a handful of times and that's all that I can honestly, John. I swear to God, recall. two Halloweens ago, yeah, we got like wine drunk in a hotel room <laughs> and watched the three middle Halloweens. It was while we were getting our costumes on. It did not take three <laughs> movies to watch them, but like over a period of days, we you know, watched AMC was only playing the Halloween. Yeah, we movies. watched four, five, and six. <laughs> yeah. So here, I'm just gonna read you the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article summarizing the plot because I think it's gonna help you and the both of us in this discussion. Okay, I'm not. I don't know if I'm ready to to learn what it, this movie is about. Though. I think we. I think what you mean is you don't want to learn. I, I don't want to learn. <laughs> uh, on October 31st, 1989. Okay, I'm on board. I'm <laughs> I know it. that day. Michael Myers uh, and his niece Jamie Lloyd are abducted from the Haddonfield Police Station by the Man in Black. Wait, no. One so sentence is... in, we're retconning the previous movie. So this is the end of the last movie, then. Yes. Do so... we see that? Mm, there's some flashes. There's a lot of flashes in this movie. There are some flashes at the beginning that are sort of summarizing part four. And if I remember correctly, at the end of part four, it's Jamie Lloyd walking around an empty police station going, No! He got out! No! Okay. 
But in this, we're supposed to assume she's also abducted. Did, Michael Myers has disappeared. The man in black has blown a Wait hole into a his jail okay. cell. So she's been abducted all this time. The movie starts with her having a baby. Yeah, we're in Friday Are the 13th we territory. That this is like a weird incest baby. I hope not. Where did the baby come from? Like, I know where they I come from. I think it's from. the man in black. <laughs> I think it's the man in black. I think the man in black mm. is... So let me maybe just... Like, let me just read past this first <laughs> sentence. Perhaps it'll illuminate things. <laughs> six years later, on October 30th, Why 1995... Why six years? Why six? Uh, because otherwise, Jamie Lloyd would be too young to reasonably have a baby, would be my guess. Oh, well, that... Okay. And now 15-year-old Jamie. 15! Good God, gives birth to a child, and the man in black, revealed to be the leader of a druid cult, takes the child away. We've not established who the father is. Does the... Does... Uh... Later, Nurse Mary, a midwife, helps Jamie escape with her child, but Michael Myers kills her. Jamie and her child flee in a stolen pickup truck with Michael in pursuit. Okay, so I think we're... Okay, so I'm... Kind of on board. We don't know who the father is. 15. This is inappropriate. <laughs> this is this is some fucking Disney's Little Mermaid shit. She could be twenty one. I don't think it's you know whatever. Like, yeah, but how old is Paul Rudd though? And Paul Rudd is was babysittable in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, babysittable in nineteen seventy eight. In nineteen ninety five, that we're looking at what fifteen, seventeen years later, he's about eight years old. So I'm guessing twenty five. Okay. P.S. Tommy Doyle's in this movie. Lives across the street from the Michael Myers house, (laughs) which the Strodes now live in because they couldn't sell. I don't. But not the no, not the original Strodes. Not the original Strodes. No, because the the this the father of this family is a fucking monster. Like over breakfast, criticizes everybody in his eyesight, smacks his like backhands his daughter, and then just like storms off to work where he gets drunk and later comes home to apologize. (laughs) I do not agree that they are Strodes. I wrote down the character names for doing this <laughs> yeah. podcast, and they're all Strodes. <laughs> Every single one of them. I just don't agree. Yeah. I just do not. So They are like the- They s- live a completely clouded over life of, of what house they're in and what Halloween is. Yeah, none of them know that they're living in the Michael Myers Nobody home. addresses the fact that they're in the Michael Myers also, home. Also, nobody, like, nobody necessarily learns that. Mom just intuitively Nobody learns. Knows. Nobody knows. And we're in the murder house, right? They they figure it out at the at the end of the movie when they're on a radio program talking about it. But also, mom just like is scared of the basement. And then when her husband calls, she's like, "You never told me why we moved here." You're like, "Why? How? How did you know? What did you learn?" You're just like terrified of your own washing machine in the basement. This whole movie is filled with really nervous lurking like tension building like oh god you kept saying Michael that you're Myers like why is everybody ever- scared of their own home <laughs> yeah the fucking lead characters Kara spends 20 minutes trying to find her mom when she gets home because her mom's not home and she's like uh, mom mom where are you I'm like she could be having a fucking nap can you chill yeah she could be in the backyard she could be well, I guess she checked the backyard but like yeah you wouldn't immediately go to there's a murderer loose because there's also not a whole lot of news presence about out, Michael Myers has escaped and he's coming back to Haddonfield to terrorize once again. Like, that's not like a prevailing story. So, there's no reason for anybody to be scared. Okay, but here is my now, now that I know that this family is 
quote unquote Strodes, which yeah. I still do not agree with. I do not the, think that's the, real. The the dad of the of the movie, the the patriarch of the family, is the brother of, of Jamie Lee Curtis's dad from the original. I one. don't. There's care. like one throwaway nope. bit of dialogue. I just do not agree. Okay. The whole cult of Thorn thing, which we're not. Which I'm. What do you mean we're not gonna get into it? I'm not gonna get into it in this particular moment. I'm just. Okay. I'm just saying like. The whole thing with the Jamie Lloyd stuff, the whole thing with this baby of Jamie Lloyd is that Michael Myers needs a family member for some reason. I think he has to kill his bloodline. Is that it? Oh, man. I, something about... So the last movie was all like, Jamie Lloyd is the last of his bloodline. And there's a whole fucking crew of Strodes now living in his house? They are cousins i guess so how important is this bloodline thing i guess it's direct it just, direct descendants is it just the baby he wants or does he need to kill everybody oh man there was there was another sentence somewhere in this wikipedia and why article is that explains it psychic why is he like baby michael myers i don't yeah there's a lot going on in the movie what i think it's are a- we in the synopsis <laughs> we have made it to sentence three. Do you want me? To, is that is that how we're gonna do this episode? You want me to just keep walking us through this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Doctor Sam Loomis has retired and moved to a cabin in the outskirts of Haddonfield, where he, he lives as a hermit. He looked so good. He looks great in his house. Retirement's doing yeah, real well for him. He looked way younger than he did in Part Five. <laughs> yeah, he no longer has uh, scars. He's just been drinking tea and writing books and shouting at the AM radio <laughs> like a like a nice happy old man. <laughs> Uh, he's visited by his friend, Dr. Terrence Wynn, the chief administrator of Smith's Grove Sanitarium, where Michael had been incarcerated as a boy. Hold on, not the end of the sentence. Okay. Wynn asks Loomis to return to Smith's Grove, period. Okay, that sounds like plot. They overhear Jamie's plea for help on a local radio station. Everybody in town is listening to this Colin show. Yeah, they're talking about the fact that, that Haddonfield has outlawed Halloween for the last f- however many years, since 1989. But I'm assuming now it, now we're like, it's been six years, we're bringing it back. Is that what they're talking about? I, I swear they just I like, don't know. like, oh yeah, Michael Myers from Haddonfield, you know, the town that banned Halloween after all those mass killings. And then the next scene is everybody on the street in costumes with decorations, getting ready for Halloween night. Even the quote-unquote angry Strodes have Halloween decorations on their house. Yeah, I like their Halloween decorations. They're like classic 90s Halloween decorations. I love the the string of lights they have over the door. It's like pumpkins and, and candy, corn. candy corn. It looks good. Yeah. I, I Honestly, just a big fan of the garbage bag full of leaves. Like, I do love the, a garbage bag, yeah. Do yeah, you remember the garbage great. bag spider where you would get no. like one ginormous garbage bag and then a whole bunch of like tube ones oh that's the and tube ones make sound the like legs, they'd be super annoying to but fill. you needed a lot of leaves for it yeah like that's... we made a couple sad spiders and then oh, we no. stopped by <laughs> like our lawn's not big enough <laughs> we only had one maple tree and it was just like it's not enough leaves <laughs> you should have you should have just gone around charging people to take the leaves off their lawn like Yo, you're removing snow that's lucrative <laughs> and then you also get to turn into decorations for your house Win-win. They pay you to decorate your house for Halloween. That's pretty smart. So yeah, they overhear Jamie's plea for help on a local radio station where she makes a call to Loomis. Vague plea for help. Vague plea. Like, she's just, it's Michael! He's back! Click! Loomis, where are you? So the problem, I guess, is that we were not aware that it was Jamie Lloyd. Because sure, 
Dr. Loomis would recognize her voice. That's that girl that I cared so much about and to then, yell into her face. And for then a... just forgot about her and retired after well, she Well, she went disappeared. This... I guess I better become a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he gives up the search. Like, Michael is out there. Jamie Lloyd is out there. And he's just like, ah, oh, to live my golden years. <laughs> <laughs> That's another chapter closed for Loomis. <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, she gets killed. She, you know, she crashes a truck. She runs away from Michael. She's hiding a baby. And she tricks him into going to a barn where he thinks he's going to kill the baby, but is... It's like a roll of toilet paper. It's a roll of toilet paper that she's wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. How does Tommy Doyle find the fucking baby in the bus station? He, oh, like one, this is two, my skip fucking. Then he's in the bathroom. It's my favorite part of the whole movie because he shows up at a bu- he shows up at the bus depot. I can't remember. If he asks somebody like, "Hey, is this a bus depot?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's a bus depot." And he's like, "Was there a crazy girl here last night?" They're like, "I don't know. Nobody was here last night." And then he just sort of like walks around looking for clues in a very busy bus depot. It's it's the middle of the day. Everybody's on their way to Chicago, I guess. Like we're in Illinois, right? Uh, and and then <laughs> at a phone booth. Where I guess he figures that she used the phone to call the radio station. There's a pool of blood and a trail Trail of of blood blood. to the bathroom. Nobody else has noticed this because I I guess we're trying to say it's a bus depot. Nobody gives a fuck, right? This is a fucking crime scene. (laughs) And in the bathroom, he just hears a baby crying and pulls it out of a cupboard and is like, pay dirt. Like, like, here we go. I found it. Nobody else throughout the day has heard this baby crying, has seen the blood. Great. I love it. He just immediately accepts. He's like, "Oh, this is Jamie. This is Lloyd's my baby. Baby, <laughs> this is the baby that she had. And like, one, she's been missing. How the fuck does anybody know? And the baby doesn't have like a, a tag or anything. Like <laughs> the it, baby doesn't have ID. <laughs> no, it came from it came from the cult. It didn't come from a hospital. Oh, may, oh, it's got the rune painted on it. Maybe he's like, oh, oh, in blood. I've seen these runes. <laughs> He has though. <laughs> like he's he's a, he's our rune guy in the movie. Like he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not a creep. I'm just up here hanging out with your son alone in the house. But let me bring you back to my place where I've got a whole bunch of candles lit. I've got an internet connection. I've got newspaper clippings. You'll love it. What I love is that he's in a, like a boarding house, so he's just renting a room. Yeah. But he's so fucking traumatized from this babysitter incident in 1978 because mm-hmm. uh, it's time. Tommy Doyle, that I, I'm i assuming that this may have been his old house or this was the house he grew up in with his parents and then I guess his family's moved away and well, he's moved back. No, because Tommy Doyle lived across the street from the house where Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting. Okay, so, okay. So, so not the- now we're just like, we're just mirroring the first movie where like now he lives across the street from Michael Myers' house. Okay, so he's just conveniently boarding right across the street. And spying on Kara Strode. That's how we're introduced to Tommy Doyle. He's a fucking peeping Tom. Like he's Is liter- he spying on her though? I think he's just watching the house. I think he's like, Michael Myers is gonna come back one of these days. I suppose that's true, but- Common courtesy, if you see that they, that a, a woman is getting naked and going into a shower, you stop peeping, I guess? Like, if, if you're, it's, it's kind of like when the FBI is listening in on a mobster phone call. Like, after a minute and a half of the wives talking about shopping, they have to turn it off. 
<laughs> it's the same with Tommy Doyle. At some point, he has to put a shutter on the camera because he's just like, okay, this is private time. I will only watch the the front yard. Michael Myers is everywhere in this movie, by the way. At any point, if anybody says anything remotely creepy or Halloweenish, or there's just a bolt of lightning <laughs> in mid-October, he's in the background. He's in the reflection of the window. He's omnipresent in this movie. My absolute favorite example of that is when the radio DJ is in his car and Michael Myers is also in his car. It's so great. Why? 30 seconds ago, he was at the Strode house. Why? He was at his own house, right? The uh, He's a Strode? He's a, no, he's, he's a Myers. Wow. How am I this is confused? A, no, he is a Strode. No, he's not. He's not. His sister was adopted by oh. the Strodes. We're so fucked up. Oh, my God. This movie's got his flip turned upside down. Either way, he fast travels into the car of an inconsequential character. Yeah. Like he's hiding in there, waiting for him to come. It's in a sea of other cars. Like he just randomly picked a car and it happened to be the one where the character's like, we're going to this fucking asshole's house. But also that was like a random spur of the moment decision. He only just found out that the guy he was interviewing lives in the Strode house. He's like, ooh, we're going to do our radio broadcast from the Strode house. From the Myers house. We got to start calling it the Myers house. The Strode live in the Myers house and climb into the oh I'm so confused now but uh, why should I go back to Wikipedia <laughs> zero reason uh. I guess it's because he has the druidic powers like he's he's in contact with the spirit realm is he a willful participant in this though like I don't understand the mo of the cult of thorn neither do I whatsoever why I don't. did they make I don't the understand. baby they There's something about harness. So at the end of the movie, they're talking about extracting evil, pure, unfiltered evil. And they're going to take it from the baby, I guess. Uh, Was Michael Myers like a failure and then he got out? Like, Great question. Who knows? Uh, But there's, there's also something about Michael Myers having immortality because of the the cult of Thorn and him killing his whole bloodline. Uh-huh. Which is nice to know. I mean, if you ever want to, you know, live forever, all you got to do is, like, kill your brother and sister and your- Just and kill your, your family. Yeah, yeah, just kill your whole family, and then you get to live forever. Yeah, but you also have to be unadulterated evil. I think one comes with the other. <laughs> I, I think I think people will refer to you as pure unadulterated evil if you start killing, especially at such a young age. Okay, and then bringing back the fact that Kara's son is- psychic and having Michael Myers moments in the Strode house. Kinda, yeah. He's maybe tapping into an evil that exists in the home. <laughs> is that is that just it? Or do you think he's also a potential cult of thorny? Man, I don't, I just don't know how the cult works. I know, and like, this is so funny. Like, there is, there are three paths you can take when you get deep into the woods on a film franchise especially horror like either your characters are have a psychic bond with the killer which we've seen mm-hmm. uh, which has happened which has happened uh, <laughs> or you 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 find out that there is a whole cult that exists behind the killer and they're secretly the people that are making it possible for him to continue killing and he's they're tapping into his power this is a regular thing I've seen this in other movies before. Yeah, Name sure. one. Texas Chainsaw Massacre the okay. new generation. <laughs> <laughs> or third Best option, you go to space. 
space is sh- always the right move. Space is always the right move. And can I tell you, I read so on simple. Wikipedia that John Carpenter was like, yeah, they asked him to maybe consider coming back. And he's like, absolutely. I'll do it. We take Michael Myers into space. He literally pitched that. And my guess would be that he pitched it so that way they would say no to it so he didn't have to do it. That'd be my, <laughs> gu- that'd be my guess. But a perfectly suitable option for a sixth entry in a horror franchise. And goddamn, I would have loved to have seen Halloween in space with Michael Myers tromping around a goddamn... Like, what are they going to do? There's a beacon on a, on a planet and they got to go investigate it because it's just part of the procedure of the, the the corporation that they work for. And when they get there, it's Michael Myers. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that would work. But I'm very interested. Well, and also because Michael Myers is one of the most human killers. Like, he drives a fucking car, so... He is he going to fly a spaceship? No, is but that he, what you're saying to me? Well, maybe, but he definitely would be wearing a spacesuit. Can you imagine Michael Myers <laughs> with a mask and then an astronaut helmet? I mean, I would buy a ticket. Astronauts. There's the trailer, right? Astronauts just like floating around space. And then one with a knife? He's, he's, you think he's planting, you think he's planting the flag, but he's got a knife. The visor comes up. It's the Michael Myers mask. And just like, bam, plunges (laughs) it down. Or he just uses the flag. He stabs somebody with the flag into the moon. Halloween 6. The eclipse of Michael Myers. coming the (laughs) Coming to theaters this summer. That's good. So uh, read me more synopsis. Yeah. What's up with this fucking movie? What do they have to say about it? Um... In Haddonfield, Tommy Doyle, whom Laurie Strode babysat in 1978, now lives in a boarding house run by an elderly woman named Mrs. Blankenship. An elderly woman this who's got some sketchy huge. things to say about Halloween. I wonder how much of this I can skip. Definitely a cult of thorny. The dysfunctional family living in the Myers house across the street are relatives of the Strode family. Kara are... Strode and her six-year-old son, Danny, are t- uh, her teenage brother, Tim, caring mother, Deborah, and abusive father, John. Danny is tormented. Here we go. Whoa, okay. Danny is tormented by the man in black who is grooming him to follow Michael's footsteps, leading him to almost use a knife on John during a heated argument between him and Kara during breakfast, the latter being slapped by her father. Whoa. What? How is the man in black? There is one scene where He sits on his lap, right? In one fucking moment of the movie. Like, how is he grooming him from across the state? Psychic powers. Ah, right. The psychic druid powers. You're right. The magical cult powers. It all makes sense now. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. Tommy finds JB's baby at a bus station, takes him to the hospital. Just no no reason why. Nope. Tommy finds. Yep. Doesn't even explain why he's there. There, he runs into Loomis. Right. I forgot. Just the chance encounter. He's oh my like, God, he's- Dr. Loomis, hey, it's me, Tommy Doyle. By the way, I'm holding a baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I need a doctor immediately. And he's like, and then he Dr. Loomis. <laughs> Uh, can I? Can we just take this moment to yeah, just really talk about Paul Rudd's um, performance, in, his debut performance in his first ever film role? Yeah, um, he's well. They want him to be carrying this plot. He is our guide through the curse of Michael Myers, and he's totally serving high school theater kid wrecking ball through this <laughs> this entire movie. Yeah, he's he's something. I mean, his. Sometimes it sounds like he's trying to put on an accent, and sometimes he's trying to sound like he knows a lot about the druids. Like there's a lot of like that was professor good. <laughs> stuff going on. He's just a weird ball of too many notes, would be my guess. Like <laughs> there's 18 producers on set. There's a director. There's the writer. Everything's in flux. It's just moving around from day to day, and he doesn't know what the fuck to do. And he's just like, all right, cool. Whoever told me, you know, like whoever whoever gave him any instruction before they called action, he's rolling with it. So I'm a team player. We'll give him that. He's a team player, but it does not make for a good performance, unfortunately. 
it's insanely watchable. So that's what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best performance of the movie is Michael Myers. I mean, it's probably true about most of them. It is a Halloween movie. But I think Michael Myers is really good in this movie, actually. Do you? Well, I think the mask looks good again. Eh? <laughs> There's the beginning, the hair is like really groomed and like coiffed really nice. And then it starts to get really sketchy. And there's a lot of um, silhouette shots where it's just like his scraggly ass hair. Yeah. And him just holding a knife and just like walking around. He looks like Chucky from Rugrats. That's his silhouette. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to bother waiting to the end of the podcast to, to say all this. But uh, just in case anybody out there loves this movie and is about to turn this off, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's an awful story. I think the story is terrible. But I think the stuff with Michael Myers is pretty good. I think it's shot pretty well. Like, it looks good. I have the complete opposite opinion of you. Oh, wow. I think this is You think the story is okay? I think this is- You think the story (laughs) is the strongest part of this movie? Yes. Wow. (laughs) I think it's a terrible movie, but it is way more watchable than the last movie because it actually is trying to do something. It is- trying to go somewhere whereas the you last can try movie, and fail yeah but trying and failing is fun to watch okay just meandering which is what part five what are we on part six we are on part six which, which, which is what part five did yeah is way worse than being a bad movie that's doing a lot you don't think some of the special effects in this movie are good you're just like, wow, okay. There is a fucking moment in the beginning where Michael Myers breaks a dude's neck and it just like rips his head off his shoulders. I don't remember that. Wow, okay. There's also a great moment where John Strode is wandering around, also scared of the washing machine in the basement, <laughs> and Michael Myers electrocutes him until his fucking head explodes. That I saw. That was okay. This franchise got an exploding head. It took a long time. We're finally here. Yeah, but he also kills every single person by impaling them on something. Every single person is hung up because they're like, people really like when he hangs people up. Yeah. I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> it's just his MO. The fucking, he hangs that nurse up, the the druid nurse. Oh, in the beginning of the movie? On a random ass spike on the wall. Just sticking out of the wall. What is that spike? No idea. <laughs> is that a structural spike? I looked around. <laughs> That's good. It's really holding the room together. <laughs> I looked around, no other spikes. So it's not like it was a design choice. Like, oh, maybe this is just a part of, the, like, maybe it's a druid thing. They got spikes all over the walls. Nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they had one just in case. It's a self-defense spike. <laughs> I think some of the special effects are good. Okay. Yeah. I think some of the kills are actually not bad. And uh, I think there's the occasional shot that is like, great. Yo, there, there's a fucking moment where Michael Myers is killing a bunch of doctors in the finale of the movie. And we see it through flashes like a strobe light. And it's awesome. I don't remember the end of the movie at all. Well, as a person who watched it. I watched it. I I will tell you (laughs) that it was great. And your early 2000s horror brain would have loved it. If only it was there and present during our viewing. (laughs) I did catch all of the like the flash sequences throughout the movie and they were like thorn stuff cults I didn't say all of it was good there's the occasion there's there's a moment in this movie where uh, the characters are just meeting up Tommy Doyle is running into Kara and she's teaching him how to like feed a baby a bottle she's not asking him why this weirdo dude has a baby why he's left the baby alone in the apartment to play with her son or why he gives off the energy of an absolute insane person the movie's just like hey we've got a bit of a lull here nothing's happened Michael Myers hasn't killed anybody uh fuck it let's just give a few flashes but 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 hey 
bam! It's just like a, you know, a flash of Jamie Lloyd's dead face and then Michael Myers' hand holding a knife, and then we're back to the scene. Like, there's but, no reason for it. <laughs> speaking of Kara's judgment, though, in that sequence, she she thinks Paul Rudd is a crazy person because she yeah. she catches him peeping. But then all of a sudden, he's like, "Let me tell you about Michael Myers," and we cut to her following him into his bedroom at her house. Yeah, why would you do this? At his house, so that he can show his crazy wall of crazy. This is also this is also after she's assumed that he's being a little too familiar with her son. Like she remember, she comes home, her son's a home alone, she can't find her mom, but Tommy Doyle is there playing with her son and, and their like, toys. He likes dinosaurs. And you're like, oh great. Glad to see and you've like, made friends with the one person in the neighborhood I hoped you'd never meet. <laughs> let me cut let me tell you about Michael Myers. Let's go to my Michael Myers dungeon. Like what the fuck? And she's not like smitten, but she's Definitely not scared of him. You know what this movie suffers from the most? And like I'm seeing this now that we've, we're working through it, is that all of the characters are aware of everything we've seen as viewers. So like they are omnipotent. But 30 minutes into the movie, they all know Michael, My- Michael Myers is alive and killing everybody. Yeah. Even though nobody's seen, nobody's heard, or known it. anything. That's why mom's scared of the basement. That's yep. why dad's scared of the basement. That's why Kara's like, It's like they oh. had already watched the movie before they stepped into the movie <laughs> yeah. themselves. That's why she's got to work with Tommy Doyle. That's why Tommy Doyle carries this baby around. Like he, uh, he, sh- he shouldn't even understand. Like be so chill with the fact that there's a like, like a druid baby. I just, I do not understand. Yeah, one of the, one of the silliest things to me is the is dad's death and also the reveal of mom's death because uh, we don't see mom get killed. We don't see mom's dead body. We see, we do see her get killed. It's maybe the one time that Michael Myers uses an axe. I it think. looked weird. It was, it, it was a weird. weird moment. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a knife boy. Like I, I think, think that's so it. Too. Yeah. He can pick you up and drop you onto something sharp. We've learned that. We're all okay with it. But yeah. as far as weapons in his hand, knife boy. Knife. Yeah. Like, could you imagine seeing him use a shotgun or something? No. He doesn't even need a shotgun to blow up heads. He he got a guy's head blown up with just a knife. Like he stabbed him like it was a like a barbecue fork and picked him up and carried him over to the electrical box where he electrocuted him until he blew up. Kills mom with an axe, kind of super weird. But when dad shows up before he gets killed in the basement and he's like, "Oh god, what's going on in this creepy basement? There's so much water on the floor. I better turn off the washing machine and open it up and reveal a whole bunch of bloody clothes." No head, no dead body. Like, I was expecting a head. I was expecting something, right? Just body parts in in the washing machine. Uh but no, just bloody laundry. And then later, mom's dead body is like strung up in the attic door. So I don't know. He washed the sheets. He washed the sheets. He got a, okay. Do you think he put detergent in there? (laughs) He's trying. He's really trying, you know? Like, there's there's still a little shred of a human being in there somewhere. Oh, it's bizarre stuff. Let's let's, let's see what the plot has to say. (laughs) Later that night. Tommy meets Loomis at a Halloween party. Oh, right. Because Tommy Doyle's just like, here, you take care of this baby. I'm going to go canvas the neighborhood for Michael Myers. Oh, yeah. Where the radio DJ is hanging out with Kara's brother, Tim, and his girlfriend, Beth. And they're doing some sort of like, we don't think Haddonfield should ban Halloween. And like, I hate to tell you, but it looks like Halloween's in full swing. So this is a bullshit protest. There's no reason for it. It's going good. And the entire town has come out to see the new shock DJ, Barry Sims, who has the presence of a Howard Stern, I guess. 
Like, I didn't everybody's even, in love with this guy. I didn't even know he was a DJ until he was like, we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> well, they were like, I didn't, I didn't realize it was happening either because they were like, where's Barry? I can't find Barry. And then Barry, they just like a guy in a trench coat, like, oh, there's Barry. He just steps up onto a stage, reveals that he's wearing nothing underneath the trench coat except boxers. And ev- the crowd goes wild. And I was very confused because I just thought this was a friend of theirs they were meeting at the Halloween event. <laughs> like, everybody, it's like, it's like the, just boom, a spotlight on our friend Barry revealing underpants. <laughs> Haddonfield is so starved for entertainment that, uh, that that's enough. Uh, and then, yeah, so like the, the, the DJ gets killed. Um, so Tommy's walking around looking for Michael Myers at this party while, while Tim and Beth are talking to the DJ. Uh, meanwhile, the Wikipedia says that Mrs. Blankenship reveals to Kara that she was babysitting Michael the night that he killed his sister, and that Danny is hearing a voice telling him to kill just like Michael did, indicating that Danny also possesses the power of Thorn. I don't remember any of that being delivered. So, I do remember... So she was also a babysitty? Babysitter. Babysitty. She was babysitting. She was babysat. She was babysitting Michael Myers, is what she said. Mrs. Blankenship reveals that she was babysitting Michael the night that he killed his sister. <laughs> She's a babysitter. Oh. Michael Myers is the babysitter. I thought she babysat Kara the night that Michael Myers killed everybody. No. Oh. <laughs> it just says... No. It just says no. <laughs> <laughs> I consulted my notes. No. <laughs> Yo, but the, the, here's the thing. I, I didn't get any of that information. Does that mean anything? <laughs> Maybe my brain also glossed over when when we were watching it. But uh, I just enjoyed that there was a there was an old lady telling us like a scary story with Halloween decorations around. Like, oh, it was 20 years ago tonight and I was babysitting a boy just like you <laughs> when Michael Myers killed his sister. Like, I was like, I was into it. I was like, hell yeah, we're getting a, ha- a scary story on Halloween. And I guess I just didn't take any of it in. Yeah, I was just like, this bitch evil. This bitch cult of thorn shit. Well, it was also funny that she's just sort of uh, like comatose at every other scene in the movie. Like, hey, Mrs. Blankenship. And she's just in her chair, staring at a TV, making zero eye contact. Like, you almost think Tommy Doyle's taking advantage of this woman by staying in her house. <laughs> He's like, uh, I paid you rent. Uh, it's on the table. Yeah, but suddenly she's alive and ready to tell stories. I mean, we do also find out later on that she's a member of the Cult of Thorn uh, because the cult is there and they're ready we to snap We don't need to talk about Miss Blankenship. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gone. Bye, Miss Blankenship. So, so, like, I'm walking through the Wikipedia article here. I swear there's five minutes left in the movie. There's three paragraphs on the Wikipedia Holy article. It doesn't fuck. make any goddamn sense. So like, we'll skip a little bit of it. Uh, to their shock, the cult has arrived there with Mrs. Blankenship as an alliance. Uh, and the man and the man in black revealed to be Dr. Wynn. Oh, no. The cult drugs Loomis and Tommy and takes Kara, Danny, and Stephen. Oh, my God. They- oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> so Kara jumps out of a window, is unconscious on the ground below. Like, okay, I mean, like, I guess you got away, but for how long? And then, and then the flash way, cut. The way they, they shot her, though, it looked like she had died. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But then they cut to Loomis and Tommy Doyle just standing there like, Like, well, I guess we've been drugged. <laughs> <laughs> we've been drugged by the cult and they've left us here. <laughs> and they've taken Kara. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the cult drugs Loomis and Tommy and takes Kara, Danny, and Steven to Smith's Grove. Kara is locked up in a maximum security ward while the boys are kept in the operating room. Do you remember this? Where we're walking through Smith's Grove? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, blank walls, endless hallways, doctor's office, looks like a sanitarium, and then suddenly we're in the dungeon? The maximum underground. security dungeon? It's been carved into rock under the earth? We, we're, we have no electricity down here. We're lit by candles. There's no sunlight. We keep the hideous <laughs> monsters down here. It's also where we do all of our cult activity. Loomis confronts Wynn, who reveals... Why did, I don't understand why they didn't just kill Loomis. <laughs> like, the cult is like, we better leave these guys alive. We better I forgot to give my them. monologue. <laughs> mildly drugged them. Monologue. <laughs> I was laughing. Uh, so anyway, he uh, he confronts Wim, who reveals that the Smiths Grove staff have been working in the Cult of Thorn. Or have All been, of the staff? <laughs> yeah, have been working with the Thorn Cult to study the power of Thorn and learn how to control it. Stephen is implied to be the successful result of experimenting to clone Michael's pure evil. Who's Stephen? Oh, right. Stephen's the baby. <laughs> because Tommy Doyle goes, I'm going to call you Stephen. <laughs> and then that's... Bam! <laughs> Everybody knows this baby's name is Steven. Oh my god. Uh, Wait, so <laughs> Dr. Loomis has been the only non-culty at Smith's Grove for, I guess, eternity? Yeah, because he he's was an employee! So, he's so unobservant. It's because he's too busy walking around brandishing a gun, just going like, We must kill the evil one! <laughs> like, you would think, cult member. Like, they were probably like, This guy's a great recruit, we should hire him. And then after six months in staff, they were like, He's a wild card. We can't bring him into the... He's too much for us! <laughs> So Wynn wants Loomis to join in on his conspiracy. Now that he's retired now, and old yeah. and calmed down. <laughs> uh, as, as, um, as he was the first to... So he wants him to join the cult as he was the first to see the evil inside Michael. Loomis refuses and is knocked out by a cult member. Meanwhile, Tommy frees Kara as Michael pursues him through the sanitarium. Uh, they find Wynn and his team who are about to perform a medical procedure on Danny and Steven. The, the, I don't understand what the medical procedure is. We're just like, a baby is in the operating room. There's some syringes and Danny is sitting there Who's hypnotizing. Danny? Danny is Kara's son. Oh. <laughs> Michael suddenly appears and turns against Wynn and the doctors, killing them all. I saw you keep going. <laughs> It's great, because we've finished the movie not long ago. We've been talking about it. We've used his name. You don't even remember. <laughs> Tommy and Kara rescue the kids, and Michael chases them into a laboratory, where Kara, Kara notices fetuses from Wynn's failed experiments. What? <laughs> Believe it or not, this is all in the movie. <laughs> Tommy injects Michael with corrosives and beats him unconscious with a lead pipe. <laughs> You don't remember any of this. <laughs> Tommy, Kara, and the children leave Smith's Grove while Loomis stays behind to take care of business. Inside, Michael's mask lies alone on the lab floor, and Loomis screams in the background, leaving their fates unknown. Oh, boy. I remember that. They're just like, come with us! And he's like, I've got some stuff to take care of here. And then we see Michael Myers' mask, and then the end. Fetuses, corrosives. What movie is this? This is Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael oh, Myers. What happens to Tommy Doyle? They just, they roam the countryside. Is, <laughs> From... he, is he with Steven? They do. They have Steven. They have, they have <laughs> Danny. They're in a pickup truck and they're, they're riding off into the sunset. Oh. That's the end of the fucking movie. Oh 
my god. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have no memory of this. You got Berenstein Bears. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Kim. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to recoup. Oh. I'm gonna need you to gather yourself together. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> yep. You sound sad. <laughs> I'm gonna need a rating from you. Oh, two out of four. <laughs> that was fast. I'm. I'm also giving it a two out of four because I think there are scenes that are shot really well. There's a fucking moment where Kara grabs a fire poker and is like headed upstairs to go find Michael Myers and like protect her kid and there's just like a hero shot on the on the fire poker and then we like pan out and we go up the stairs like all the shadows inside the Myers house after the electricity's cut is amazing like we're candle lit there's just like moonlight coming in through the fucking windows uh, for some reason there is electricity in the shower when her brother Tim gets killed I don't know why a light is on then uh, it doesn't make any fucking no, no. sense there was another shot there was a really bright candle it's a really bright candle <laughs> It's a is really this an action? bright candle. You're not fucking around. No, I'm not lying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. And then also when his girlfriend Beth gets killed and and Kara's across the street like calling them on the phone also works for some reason. Uh, it, it is electricity. I, no, may no, I remind? no, no. The root phone always works with no electricity. Don't you remember? Oh, that's right. Like the the cord phone. The cord phone with the the yeah. Okay, so not the the base wireless one. Goddamn. Okay, so the phone still works. I'm back on board. <laughs> but she's watching Michael Myers like creep in through the camera, like re- rear window style. Like that looked all great. That all looked great. I liked all that. Look, there's, there's, great. there's stuff I liked about this movie. What, what I'm getting at is like, I don't know what my full franchise ranking is. There, this is like a bizarre franchise to try and rank. There's also like branches of the franchise. Like you kind of need like three franchise rankings for fucking Halloween. But I don't, I don't think Curse of Michael Myers is at the bottom of my list. I don't think so at. either. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it more than the Revenge of Michael Myers. My glasses are fogged. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, of the two films, this one wins. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because it sucks, and we're just like, I had a blast. <laughs> oh boy. But that's just our opinion, guys. Let us know what you thought of The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, let us know where it falls in your franchise rankings, which one you like more, the Revenge of or Curse of. I mean, fuck. It's so weird to me to be like, you know, without all the cult stuff, it's not a bad movie. The, the cult stuff thing. is like 80% of the movie. <laughs> I guess all I really wanted to see was was Michael Myers' mask, one pumpkin, and and an exploding head. Uh, I'm an easy man to please, I guess. Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the night on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. We would love to talk to you about Halloween movies in there. It's pretty much all we do 365 days of the year. I'm still recovering. I can't outro. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you very much for listening to this, uh, especially if this is your first episode. Oh, of God, I hope Film not. <laughs> uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Please consider supporting Nightmare on Film Street at, at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. Uh, join the Fiend Club for a few bucks a month. We release bonus episodes. We host watch parties. There's a whole bunch of fun shit available for you as a supporter of Nightmare on Film Street. Honestly, this would be such a great watch party movie because it would take an army of people to figure out what is going on. <laughs> this was this was a lot. 
I am leaving this podcast more bewildered <laughs> than I began. <laughs> oh, boy. But that's it for us this week. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.